This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 24th of May. In your Squiz today, PM Albanese takes the world stage, deadly floods in India, warnings about a nasty flu season and the benefits of a stress-relieving hug. This is your Squiz today. It's been a huge 72 hours for Anthony Albanese, Australia's 31st Prime Minister. Even though the votes are still being counted, the Labor leader was sworn in alongside his new Foreign Minister Penny Wong before the pair jetted off for Japan. They're attending something called the Quad Meeting, which is a crucial international summit. Take us through it, Claire. It's the leaders of Australia, America, Japan and India who are getting together. The forum has been around since the mid-2000s, but the first in-person leaders summit only happened last year. That was in Washington, D.C., when the leaders got together uh, to talk about the Pacific region and to talk about action on climate change and COVID. What was mostly left unsaid, certainly publicly anyway, was countering China's rising power. Uh, All those countries certainly have an interest in those big changes that are happening in our region and with China becoming more of a presence on the international stage. So when they get together today, it really is a masterclass for Albanese uh, to meet those leaders uh, just after he's become the Prime Minister. What's on the agenda today is more of the same, more discussion about our regional security uh, and also an opportunity for Albanese to tell those qualities leaders that they have a strong partner in Australia. Also on the agenda, Albanese is set to sign a new trade deal. It's called the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework. It's a new trading block that America has really been pushing. Uh, Many other countries have signed it and now Australia will too. Yeah, that's a big one. And as well as the Quad Claire, Australia is also part of the AUKUS alliance with the US and the UK. And yesterday, PM Albanese talked on the phone to UKPM Boris Johnson about broadening the alliance. Yeah, what Johnson apparently was concerned about was whether Albanese had as much enthusiasm for AUKUS as Scott Morrison did. What Albanese says he's done is to reassure him on that front and reaffirm Australia's commitment to that strategic grouping. Of course, it's the one that was just announced last year. Uh, At its core is deepening cooperation on intelligence and also strengthening defence capabilities, including the development of a nuclear-powered submarine fleet here. Uh, But in terms of broadening the alliance, uh, it seems that energy security and action on climate change are the couple of things that they've talked about. And China is still at the core of all of these international discussions. China's Premier Li Keqiang congratulated Mr Albanese on Monday night, ending an almost three-year-long freeze on relations between Australia and China. No doubt there'll be a lot more said about that today. Staying on politics, for the Liberal Party, Claire, there are new waves of recriminations and disappointments in the wake of Saturday's election loss. Yeah, lots of discussion yesterday about what went wrong for the coalition at the election. Uh, Josh Frydenberg conceded defeat in his Melbourne seat of Kuyong. That's been won by the Teal Independent Dr Monique Ryan. And also there's lots of discussion about who will lead the coalition going forward. Uh, It seems that Peter Dutton is 
firming up as the front runner uh, and lots of questions about who might be his deputy. There's names like Susan Lee, Jane Hume and Karen Andrews being floated. From the outside, it seems that others have lots of opinions about that. Certainly Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan said that Dutton wouldn't be a good leader. He didn't think. He said that he doesn't think that he fits with modern Australia at all. Uh, Other party members, though, came to defend Dutton. Michaelia Cash, who's a senator from Western Australia, um, said that she thought that McGowan was showing a bit of arrogance and hubris there, particularly given he doesn't get a vote in that Liberal Party party room. So there's a long way to go still. Yeah, there really is as those votes continue to come in. There were three other Labor ministers sworn in yesterday with Anthony Albanese and Penny Wong. Deputy Leader Richard Miles has been given the employment portfolio, while Jim Chalmers is the Treasurer and Katie Gallagher is in charge of finance. Overseas now to South Asia, where deadly floods have followed the extreme heat waves in India and Bangladesh. More than 60 people have died and three million more have been left homeless, Claire. We only were talking last week about the intense heat waves there um, that they've been having since March. Uh, That was particularly affecting Delhi. They've had some of that rain and that has brought relief to that big city, uh, but misery to millions of others. When you look across that region, it is prone to flooding. There are definitely floods in that area, particularly with those big monsoonal rains. Uh, But what they're saying now is that uh, climate change, particularly in these really extreme weather events, has put millions of people in that region at risk. And speaking of people having to abandon their homes, the UN's Refugee Agency says the number of people displaced by conflict and disaster around the world has risen to a record 100 million with the conflict in Ukraine. Ukraine adding many more to that list. The flu is ripping through Queensland, and by the flu we mean influenza A, which is the nasty type with severe symptoms. Flu hasn't been around much because of the pandemic, but now it's back, and Queenslanders are being offered free flu vaccinations, Claire. Yeah, Queensland isn't the only state where this has been talked about. It's also uh, in the other East Coast states. Certainly New South Wales and Victoria have asked residents to be a little bit more cautious when it comes to this season. But those Those free flu jabs are certainly in place to protect Queensland's older population and younger population. When you look at the stats, it's really a story of locked borders and lockdowns from last year. Uh, In 2001, in this month, there were 18 cases of the flu recorded. In 2020, there were 52. Uh, Currently, there's about 7,000 registered cases of flu in Australia. So it really is a function of us getting out and about again. Yeah, the numbers really do tell the story there. And the World Health Organization is warning that the length of this flu season is unpredictable. Doctors say we should prepare for it to be severe and to get vaxxed. Two years of the pandemic hasn't left much time for hugging your extended circle of people, Claire. But a new study has confirmed that cuddling is the great stress reliever, especially for women. Yeah, not if you've got flu, of course. You probably no, don't want to probably do not a good idea. <laughs> of course, COVID is still around, so I'm sure there's all sorts of T's and C's that come with this. Uh, <laughs> but certainly when it comes to the research, uh, if you're a woman, it seems that having a hug really is 
a stress uh, reducer, that there is uh, definitely the correlation when it comes to reducing that stress hormone cortisol. uh, And that really is a benefit. Um, Interestingly, not so much for men. In fact, hugs do very little to relieve their anxiety. Uh, What the authors say is that it really is an interesting insight, again, to those lockdowns and things that we've just mentioned, that if not having that kind of interaction with our fellow humans uh, increases stress for women, it could have some kind of um, link into stress and depression when we're isolated. Yeah, and the authors of the study reckon the findings could have implications for stress reduction in everyday life, like exams or job interviews. I'm not really sure about getting a hug from an interview panel, but anyway, (laughs) lots of food for thought there. We're partial to a dog story here on The Squiz, so we couldn't go past the one about Japan's iconic bullet trains being opened up for some pampered pooches and their owners, of course. Clearly, the dogs normally travel in little cages or carriers, but over the weekend, they were allowed to roam free. And the pictures are quite <laughs> remarkable. Lots of people who clearly pay a lot of attention to their dogs. Um, what the experts say is that there is an increasing demand for dog-friendly options, uh, not just in Japan. Japan, but around the world. So maybe we'll see more dogs in Australian settings. I don't know. Yeah, well, these pictures really have to be seen to be believed with all the plastic over the um, chairs. And staff also put some air purifiers in the carriage. So they said it would all be cleaned afterwards to remove all traces of dog hair. <laughs> I'll put a link in your episode notes if you want to have a look as well. Squiz the day, Claire. What's going on today that we should know about? It's National Coffee Day in Brazil, which surely makes it International Coffee Day everywhere, mm-hmm. or in our world, of course, known as every single day. Um, it's also International Tiara Day, oh. so maybe you could dust off the jewels while you're having a coffee this morning. Wow, that could be one for, for breakfast. Uh, National Coffee Day is one we can all get around, that is for sure, particularly when you wake up before dawn. Uh, for me, I'm looking <laughs> at the final results coming in from the election there's still a number of seats that are in play that are yet to be called at least so that'll be one to watch today and just before we go if you enjoy the podcast don't forget the squiz today newsletter there's a link in your episode notes if you want to click through for more have a great tuesday we'll be back tomorrow